Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the summer heat wave, 32 teams in 32 days, every single fantasy relevant player as michael shushes jason in the background with brodo fantasy i'm your host tim petrop tim here petrop. with the shushers themselves michael and jason petrop what's up what's up jason why were you being annoying just now i'm gonna try to echo everything michael says let's see how i could do say something hello oh, please don't do that hello yeah come on yeah, please don't yeah, do i'm that. already annoyed come on i'm already yes yeah. <laughs> um brodofantasy.com is where you can find us we do this twice a week during the season so come check us out um we do every single fantasy relevant player. We actually have three episodes a week during the season, so come check that out. Um, also, patreon.com slash brotofantasy for a ton of extras, including extra episodes, a chance to play in our listener league, and uh, the access to our Discord, access to our DMs to ask us for start, sit, advice, and tons, tons more. Let's get into this Let's cold situation. Now, the cold situation... On the offensive outlook and the coaches <laughs> saying, like this, this is the situation. It's the situation. I don't um, understand. There's one big situation that has changed. Let's get right to it. The quarterback is Philip Rivers. Last year, what? The, what? Huh? What, uh, huh? <laughs> Last year, they did not have a good quarterback. <laughs> the only problem is that Philip Rivers was very not good <laughs> for the Chargers. Um, he had career lows in many situations. Uh, we remember watching him last year throw away a ton of games for the Chargers. The Chargers are a team that had the talent to succeed last season. And not only was Phillip Rivers actively not helping them win, he was an active part of their losses, making them lose. <laughs> so I think... They are, it's true. Like Tim he was throwing, this into he was a throwing, shit on Philip Rivers session. I mean, he was throwing bad picks. Like one he was pick for really every one of his picks. children. <laughs> uh, like three picks for every one of his children, actually. Uh, so the question is, do you expect a resurgence? Uh, Philip Rivers does look good in a Colts uniform well, for whatever that's worth. Like he looks correct. Um, do you expect a resurgence out of Philip Rivers? And I mean, Philip Rivers, Michael, previous to. Uh, previous to last season was always a guy that you would target late in fantasy drafts. He was like your official quarterback. Um, yeah, he always ended as that low end tight end one who is consistently productive quarterback one. But yeah, so how do you, how do you feel about him this year? I mean, he's coming off one of his more lackluster seasons in his career. As you pointed out, there's no denying that fact. He ended as the overall QB 16, but he was 24th in points per game. Just how bad he was, though. But but he was twenty fourth in points per game. Yeah, and, I'm saying, and, and he, he was twenty fourth to in show just how game. bad that is, man. This was despite attempting the seventh most passes in the league, including the sixth most downfield passes. He threw for over forty six hundred yards, threw and he threw twenty three touchdowns and twenty interceptions. So this dude threw for over forty six hundred yards, seventh most pass attempts, sixth most down, sixth most downfield passes. And he ended as a QB twenty four in points per game. Like he, it was a clearly a bad bad season for Philip Rivers. But now, I mean, he was also sacked a ton over thirty. I think thirty four sacks it was. Now he has likely the best offensive line he's ever worked with, and 
he has some history in a Frank Reich offense in 2014 and 2015. So he's Ooh. actually been there before, even though it was five, six years ago. He's been there before. He's currently going at QB 25. I think he's better than that. I think he's better than QB 25. If I'm in a two QB league or a super flex league, I'm cool with taking Phillip Rivers expecting a top 20 quarterback because that's what I think he is, what he can actually put together. Like I was saying how Jared Goff threw for over 4,500 yards and 22 touchdowns and should see some touchdown regression. I mean, Phillip Rivers threw for 4,600 yards and threw only 23 touchdowns. Now, I don't expect the Colts to pass nearly as much as the um, nearly as much as the Chargers did last season, but that doesn't mean Phillip Rivers can't be become a more efficient quarterback and not and stop forcing as many throws. They did add Jonathan Taylor as well in the backfield, so I think Phillip Rivers could be decent. I think at QB 25, I'd I'd draft him where he's going right now. I think he could be a top 20 quarterback. Let's talk about his weapons. Uh, obviously, T.Y. Hilton is a guy that you're going to be looking at right away. And now I think the other two guys that we're going to talk about here, Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell, are both also very interesting and guys that I like targeting late in drafts. But let's start with T.Y. Hilton because um, when the dude is healthy, he's a baller. Uh, perception, perception, he... He gets open. Um, we mentioned perception, perception, reception, perception a lot. I'm not going to go into the the exact numbers. Just know that he's a he's not just a, a guy who was great because Andrew Luck was great. He was great because he's a great player. Um, the problem is you never know what he's going to be on the field. So as of right now, are you taking the chance on T.Y. Hilton? I am. I know you guys are. I, at least Michael, I know, is lower on T.Y. than me. I'm digging T.Y. this year, man, and this is why I like true values because it can help you see how a player is performing, especially if you look at his true performance values, Patreon exclusive. He was 34th in points per game last season. His true throw value was 36th, so he did what he was expected and slightly more. His issues were not stemming from himself. His issues were stemming from the fact that Jacoby Brissett is an awful, awful quarterback. Remember when people didn't? think that yo sometimes like let, let's get this straight right obviously i wish we had a larger platform we're working there sometimes some things just anger me so much and i wish we did i wish right now today i could snap my fingers and have the espn platform because i was on the jacoby percent and marlon Mack max suck train before anyone on earth like i was all of last season i was yelling they suck they suck they suck they suck people are still saying no even after the end of the year and what do the Colts do they bring in a new quarterback and a new running back Sometimes things are obvious. These two guys suck. Brissett sucked. And that is why T.Y. Hilton was not good last season. He did what he had to do with the ball and more. Now, they bring in offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni said this offense is going to run through T.Y. Before last season, T.Y. Hilton's receiving yards were never less than 966. He's in the Frank Reich offense where he's had a lot of success. He's 30 years old playing for a contract. Brissett and the Colts had the third fewest passing yards last season, less than 4,000. Phillip Rivers has been below 4,000 yards three times in his 15-plus year career. They're going to be a better team. Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. And T.Y. Hilton is going to match his true target value or exceed it because he's a player that's able to do that. His ADP right now is at 27. I have him at wide receiver 21. I like T.Y. Hilton a lot this year. The only concern is health. It's a big concern. Michael, how do you feel about T.Y.? Yeah, but he's, he played 10 games last season. And then 
He uh, played. He played. He played air quotes. Yeah. All right. But quotes, he shoot yeah. it up ten times. The year before he played fourteen. The year before fifteen or sixteen. Every year prior. Like he gets the injury label. Like Brandon Cooks gets the injury label. He's on the field most of the time. He is on he, the field most of the time. I'll give you that. But he's also he's always dealing with something, bro. Always. But he's also gonna turn uh, 30, 31 30. years old. Uh, a month into the season, November fourteenth, he turns thirty-one years old. That's where it lies with me because I don't believe that T.Y. Hilton is like an elite wide receiver. I think he's a very good wide receiver, or at least he was during his prime. But I don't think he's a receiver who is going to be able to play into like his late thirties. I'm just I'm scared off by T.Y. Hilton because the nagging injuries now that he's older, and there are this is a team that's going to be running the ball. They did bring in Jonathan Taylor. They have a great offensive line. They were they were a run-first team last season, too, so I think he might be a little inconsistent. But at his current ADP, Jason does have a point that T.Y. Hilton might, if healthy, he's certainly going to beat his ADP. So maybe I'll lighten up on T.Y. Hilton a little bit, but he's not someone I've been actively targeting. I feel like I would love him to be my wide receiver three if I'm in a three-wide receiver league. Like, I would love him to be in that spot. You'd be year. able to do that. Maybe yeah, even you, a flex. Yeah, you would be able to do that. So like, yeah. it, it, like he, I feel like that injury risk is definitely baked into his ADP. But uh, you know what? It's it's that classic getting burned by a player. I got burned by Ty Hilton last year. So because I got burned by Ty Hilton last year, I'm just less likely to. I'm less likely to have any Ty Hilton shares. That's just I, as 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 shitty as that may sound. Um, but Michael who, who, Pittman. Yeah. Michael Pittman Jr. There you go. So let's, I, I was gonna, I was thinking like who, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. first or Paris Campbell first. Paris Campbell is a guy that I am, that's growing in my mind every single day. So a guy that I can't get out of my mind. Let's start with Michael Pittman and then let's go to Paris Campbell. I'm a little, con- I'm a little not confused. I'm a little surprised you prefer Campbell if that's what you're getting at, because you are a big Mike Williams fan, and Michael Pittman might as well be named Michael Williams. Hmm. They're both. Mike Mike Pittman, 6'4", 223. Mike Williams, 6'4", 220. They're clones. And Phillip Rivers has been throwing to Mike Williams for years. Mike Williams, two years ago, was Rivers' red zone weapon. Last year, he was Rivers' deep threat weapon. So what's Pittman going to be? If we look at T.Y., it's a solid deep threat. We look at Campbell, it's a solid um, fast slot option. We're looking at Pittman in that red zone role. And I do think that... Um, Pittman could make an impact his rookie year, and it's going to be a touchdown-dependent impact, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has eight touchdowns by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, Pittman is someone I, I wanted the Jets to get him really, really badly just because I'm, I'm a big believer in Michael Pittman. I, I loved him coming out of the draft, and I agree. I made the, the Mike Williams comp because of Phillip Rivers, too. Similarly, um, last season, excuse me, last, yeah, last season, Mike Williams is over 20 yards of reception. Michael Pittman has that ability. He's very fast for his size. I mean, he's dealing with T.Y. Hilton, who we were just talking about the injury concerns. Paris Campbell, who missed most of the season last year and is more of a slot gadget type guy. Jack Doyle, who's been getting hurt a bunch. So he could see, he could end up with a larger role than you think pretty early on. So he's he's someone I'm definitely targeting, targeting in the mid-double-digit uh, rounds as well. 
Speaking of, the, of that middle of the field gadget type guy, I think Paris Campbell has Paris Campbell has the ability to be one of those guys where you're like, there's always those guys in fantasy drafts where no one in the industry is talking about them, and you're just like, how did we miss on such an obvious choice? And I think that he uh, might have that ability not only because uh, he has great speed, he is going to be in the slot, and that's what Phyllis Rivers likes to do. He likes to get. Out, he actually get the ball out of his hands very quickly. Um, he's been conditioned that way um, in the past because he's never played in front of an offensive line. Michael mentioned that this is probably the best offensive line he's going to play in front of his entire career. So I, I do think Paris Campbell has a chance to, to make people feel stupid for not thinking about him. Look, his ADP is wide receiver 77. He's free. I'm yeah, totally free. cool with taking him as a flyer. My main concern with him is that he played seven games last year, and he wasn't even fully healthy in those seven games. So he's still right, a he, very young player. Another air quote play. Yeah, exactly. So there's going to be a lot of growing pains. He's still basically a rookie. Now, coming out of the slot with Phillip Rivers is great if we look at what he's done with Keenan Allen, but we also can't call Paris Campbell Keenan Allen. But if T.Y. Hilton were to get hurt, then Pittman and Campbell are going to be the two top options there. Campbell... It's going to be in the slot, whereas Pittman's going to be outside. You'd rather the slot option in that case. So, I mean, at wide receiver 77, I'm I'm taking a shot on Campbell. Agreed. I'm taking a shot at Campbell. I think, I think Pittman and Campbell are both good options at ADPs because I'm not that big of a believer in Hilton. Because if he goes down, then that just opens up a bunch for both of them. And Campbell One of those is, guys might be a league winner. Yeah, Campbell is very... Was very effective last season when he was healthy. The fact he just he wasn't. I mean, he's ridiculously fast, and he's he was a high he was a pretty high draft pick. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. I, I like both those guys at their ADPs. Uh, let's go over to you know what I'm gonna save running back because I want to continue with the with the pass catching team. So let's go to tight end and then let's go to running back. Jack Doyle. Uh, Doyle. Um, I know you guys are on Jack Boyle, but it th- should be mentioned that Trey Burton is on the team. Um, Trey so not Burton. Complete- Whoa. I'm just saying, not completely alone. We've seen Trey Burton have success as a backup tight end kind of situation in the past. Um, that's all I'm saying. But for you guys, uh, how do you guys feel about this tight end situation? Because I- we, we, what, what we do know is that Phillip Rivers plus tight end e- usually equals fantasy magic. Yeah, I'm all over Jack Doyle. I want Jack Doyle on teams. Jack Doyle is a good player. Even last year, he ended the season with a true target value of 1929, which is tight end 22. But he ended as a fantasy tight end 15. So he significantly outperformed expectations. And that was with Dudu McDudu Butter as his quarterback. <laughs> so, what's going to happen this year? In 2019, Jack Doyle saw 68 targets, while Ebron saw 52. Do we expect, um, what's his face? Trey Burton to get as many targets as Eric Ebron because I definitely don't. So now we're going to see an uptick in targets for Jack Doyle. If we were to give him half of Ebron's targets, that's 94 targets. With 94 targets and Phillip Rivers at quarterback, Doyle's true target value last season would have been tight end 12. With all of Ebron's targets, he would have been tight end 6. Somewhere in between, tight end 9. It's all, it's all upside here. Like, he's always thrown to Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry. As long as a tight end is healthy, he's good in a Phillip Rivers offense. And Jack Doyle is healthy. Like, you don't got to overthink it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Fair so enough. So now let's get to that running back situation because um, Jason was a very vocal, vocally against Marlon Mack last season. Uh, Marlon Mack was a very inconsistent runner, although he did he, – he was decent. I, you can't take it away completely, but – he was up one week. He was down one week. He was up one week. He was down one week. He was up one week. He was down one week. Let's just put it this way. He did not follow a back-to-back game being a running back two or better until week 10 and 11. And after week 11 where he finally where he finally filed, followed up a RB2 game with an RB1 game, he didn't play week 12 and week 13. And then week 14 and 15, he was 26 and 67. So, like, he he finally kind of broke through a little hole. Like, he, he was having up game, down game, up game, down game, and then he just completely fell off. They bring in a running back, high draft gate, great, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is a much better pass catcher than Marlon Mack is. We already know that because of what we've seen in college. We know that Phillip Rivers can make a running back viable by throwing to him out of the backfield. And we know this because he's done it through multiple head coaches, multiple offensive coordinators, and multiple running backs. Um, He made Melvin Gordon great. He made Austin Eckler great. He made LaDainian Tomlinson great. Um, He made guys, uh, and, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson already great. But he made... he increased the level of guys play in terms of pass catching out of the backfield because he is so he is so hell bent on getting that ball out so quickly. I think Jonathan Taylor has an, ab- an ability here to even if Marlon Mack gets half of the carries to still be fantasy relevant and still be the number one option on this team. How do you guys feel about Jonathan Taylor and where are you comfortable taking him? Because I've seen him go in drafts anywhere from the third round to the fifth round. Some and Nutella. <laughs> it's it's really it's really like I don't know if I'm taking him in the third round. Like I, I can't do that. You did that one bad, Jace, because I'm the Nutella. All right, look, I just want to <laughs> say I just want to start with Marlon Mack firstly, Tim, because everyone who says Marlon Mack was is a good running back and he was good last season is just sticking. It's just going based off that old verbiage. Where reaching a thousand yards makes you a good running back, like that. Ju- that's not this benchmark that people set. They're like he ran for over a thousand yards last year. Yeah, of course he did. He saw two hundred forty-seven carries behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. I mean, he was top ten in rush attempts. Yet he ended with the tenth most rushing yards, but he had no pass catching role at all. Was a twenty-second overall running back, similar in points per game, which is disgusting when you're on a team with that good of an offensive line. He averaged only four and four and a half yards per touch, which was 40th among running backs. Was 38th in 2018 in that metric, so it's not like it's not like he was any better. It's like Marlon Mack is a fine running back. I'll give you that, but that's all he is. He's just a fine running back. Jonathan Taylor, on the other hand, is one of the most effective college running backs we've literally ever seen, and I'm not even like being hyperbolic. Literally, the best we've ever seen. 1977 rushing yards was his career low. <laughs> and he, he's built like a truck. I mean, he's 5'10", 226. He ran a 4'3", 40. And his pass catching appeal was a big hit. And then after catching only 16 passes his freshman and sophomore year, he caught 26 passes his junior year, showing that he has, abil- he has the ability to mix that into his game as well. 
the Colts did not spend the ninth pick in the second round on a running back so that Marlon Mack could still be the lead guy. True. Like, Marlon Mack is a fine running back. Naheem Hines is a fine running back. But they're not great running backs. And Jonathan Taylor definitely, definitely has the potential to be a great, much better than fine running back. And if they want to say Marlon Mack is a starter right now in camp, well, guess what? Practices started like two days ago. They couldn't even say that. They said Marlon Mack is a starter, and we're going to do a lot like we did last year with the hot hand approach. First yeah. of all, there was no hot hand approach last year. Marlon Mack was a running back. <laughs> so what does that mean? <laughs> and, dude, he's entering a team that ran the fifth most running plays in 2019. That's a, that's a shady stat right there that you just mentioned because you, you don't think about the Colts and running. You know, Dude, you don't you don't you don't really put that two and two together like that. Eighteen eighteen hundred rushing yards combined between Mac Hines, Jonathan Williams, and Jordan Wilkins. Like even when Mac was hurt, Jonathan Williams and Jordan Wilkins were workhorses for that team. So it's like Jonathan Taylor, his he's going as the running back in nineteen right now. So you're right. His ADP is a little high. Like RB nineteen in this super running back heavy drafting approach that seems to be going on right now. This is the third round, fourth round. But if you want to take the shot on him there, I'm not going to blame you. Look, I prefer Le'Veon Bell, someone who's going after Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, if I have that option, I'm likely going to choose Le'Veon Bell. But if like if Le'Veon Bell's gone, James Conner is gone, those guys are gone, and I started the draft, say, Julio Jones and Devontae Adams out of like the 11th spot, I wouldn't be against taking Jonathan Taylor there late third because he does have... That big time potential if he just if just says Marlon Mack get out of my way, which is absolutely a possibility. It's interesting, man, because I I can't see myself taking such a giant risk in the third round. It is risky. I mean, Ceh is risky, and he's in the first round. Uh he doesn't have anyone there to steal his work. Yeah. I also want to say because. I see a lot of Naheem Hines love on Twitter, too. Throw that straight into the garbage, please. I know Phillip Rivers likes throwing to his running backs. That's the only positive that anyone could possibly find in Naheem Hines. Like, he was a bad running back last season. He wasn't a super effective pass catcher. He saw 52 rush attempts the entire season. Like, even when Marlon Mack went down, Jonathan Williams came up off the couch, and Jordan Wilkins was getting run. Like, 52 rush attempts the entire season, man. That's three rush attempts a game. And guess what? He had 58 targets. Yuck, man. Like, this guy is going to play, what, 20 to 25% of the snaps as a third down running back, as, like, the fourth or fifth pass catching option on this team? They added Jonathan Taylor. Marlon Mack was even a good pass catcher in college. They just haven't used him in that role. Jonathan Taylor showed that he could catch the ball on third downs. They have Paris Campbell back. They have Jack Doyle. They have T.Y. Hilton. They have Michael Pittman Jr. There is not a single chance I draft Naheem Hines this season because maybe one day he'll catch five balls in a game. No thanks. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I, I get it. I get it. No Naheem <laughs> Hines. And just in case you were thinking about drafting Naheem Hines, don't. Um, I don't think anyone was planning on that, so. Yeah. Um, Michael, where can they find you? Oh, no, I'm sorry. We got to do the one one uh, injury away. Go ahead. Take it away, guys. Yeah, you know I'm not going with the running back position unless Max the one that gets injured. Um, I'm going to go with P. 
Pittman and Campbell. I think they can both be very relevant this season. I think one of them will be, no matter what. But if Hilton gets hurt, they both will be. Yeah, uh, Michael. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go Jonathan Taylor because if Marlon Mack gets hurt, Jonathan Taylor becomes a super spicy option. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, if Marlon Mack gets hurt, is going to be amazing. Um, Michael, where can they find you? At Broto FF Mike. Jason. At Broto FF Jason. And you can find me at Broto FF Tim. See what we did there. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy for all the exclusive we talked about in the beginning. BrotoFantasy.com. Check out our newest writers. We have a bunch of new writers on the site. They are young, they are hungry, and they know what the hell they're talking about. Um, go check out those. And also, uh, BrotoFantasy.com for everything else. I already mentioned Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. We are officially done with the AFC South. We are going to one of the most enjoyable places that you can go for fantasy, the NFC South, next time you see us. We can't wait to talk about the NFC South. Uh, Until next time, peace out. Later. Later.